Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today is Karen Dark. Karen is a British Paralympic cyclist, para-triathlete, adventurer and author. Some of Karen's adventures have been in 2006 she crossed Greenland's ice cap while sitting on skis using her arms to pole to travel 372 miles. She cycled the length of Japan and climbed El Capitan, Matterhorn and Mont Blanc amongst other adventures as well. And it's great to have Karen with me today. Welcome to Reframe Your Mindset for Success. With me today, I've got Karen Dark. Hi, Karen. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, it's great to have you today. Um, what have you been up to this week? This week, I have been trying to do a combination of training hard, resting hard, working hard and playing hard. <laughs> right, okay. So what, a bit what's... of bike training, a bit of gym training, a bit of, um, yeah, plenty of work on the laptop and Zoom as it is these days. But I, I also took up a new activity called blow karting, which is like sailing on land, which oh, right, okay. turned out to be slightly more high adrenaline than I was expecting perhaps. <laughs> Wow. Okay, and that's uh, that's keeping you busy then. It kept well. That was a fun activity that I, yeah, that I snuck in there yesterday. But it was quite interesting. I put, if I'd known it was going to involve a kind of three sixty spin that sent all my hairs on end, I might not have been doing it four weeks out from a major race. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and as you saying, you, you mentioned before that you're actually in Mallorca at the moment. That's that's your base. I've been, well, I've been here for most of lockdown, not all of it, yeah. but yeah, I'm normally based here in the winter for training, just obviously it's slightly more climate friendly and I'm riding a hand bike, which is a bit like a sunbed on wheels. So you're so low to the ground that in cold, wet weather, it's, um, it's not that pleasant. So yeah, but due yeah. to the COVID world, I've ended up being here for a lot of the year now. Wow. Okay. So, so the way I normally start the podcast is just with you starting with your story, if that's okay, Karen. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where to begin, though, because there's quite a lot of story. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the bits that most people find interesting aren't the bits that I'm really focused on anymore. But, you know, in summary, fell off a cliff when I was 21, broke my back from the chest down, was doing a PhD in geology at the time, studying gold in the Bolivian Andes. Finished that off, began work as a geologist, kind of realized that the massive life change I'd had had taken my interest into human development, performance, how we learn and grow as people, and ended up shifting career completely away from geology into learning and development. Yeah, coaching, mentoring, leadership development. And then a bit later on, got completely sidetracked into a kind of what's now been about a 13, 14 year career in Paralympic sports. So yeah. that took me to the London Paralympics, my first one, the, the Rio Paralympics later where I won gold. And since then I've been on an interesting project I've called Quest 79, which there's a backstory to that, which we may or may not go into, but it's involved me cycling across seven continents, raising money for charity and getting other people involved or trying to motivate other people to take on their own little quest for themselves whatever that might be a journey of discovery and the strap lines find your inner gold so that's a high level summary of wow in a, that, in a flash a, of my life that, that's that's a very quick summary isn't it and, and quick story really 
considering some of the places that you've been to, some of the things that you've achieved as well. And, you know, I guess going backwards in a way is the, the stuff that you're doing at the moment then? I mean, I know you've got Antarctica planned. So can you tell us a little bit more about those adventures? Yeah, well, as, as you know, Paul, I've got a long kind of background and love of adventure. That's um, And it's got me into trouble along the way. It's really that love that probably got me into falling off a cliff and breaking my back, but also has taken me back to mountains and just kept me going into seeking out ways or new ways of engaging with nature and wilderness and going into wild places. So um, that's something that's kind of been dotted right throughout my life from various journeys and expeditions. Like my first big trip after becoming paralyzed was hand cycling across the Himalayas from um, Kazakhstan across into China and then over into Pakistan. Wow. And that's a part of the world I've always loved and been fascinated by. I think anywhere with mountains and ocean and bit or sea, I'm basically you know, attracted to. So after winning the 79th medal for Britain in Rio and 79 is also the atomic number of gold and it kind of became this magic number that just kept appearing in my life. I decided that I would try and cycle seven continents and nine rides. So one on each continent and Rio and Tokyo as Paralympic games. Um, obviously that's all been thrown up a bit in the air and all the continents have been done now. And so two rides remain. One is trying to qualify for Tokyo and the odds have never seemed greater given I was dropped off the national team after the last world championships before COVID. Wow. And of course the last continent, which is Antarctica, which yeah. I was really struggling with kind of a reason to go there just because environmentally and financially, it's such an enormous thing. And then I discovered that 79 degrees latitude and longitude intersects in Antarctica and it was just a bit too weird when I discovered that. And I thought, wow, that is the place to, we're going to go. It's, I have to go there. <laughs> and so the plan is to try and go to this random point that no one's ever been to before, which to me just really represents all the, all the goodness and all the amazingness that we've all got inside us and oh, we sometimes forget about because we get, you know, we get, we get tarnished by lives life's events and yeah. um, our own insecurities and patterns and whatever else so we want to create a new pole there called the pole of possibility right and I'm going with a young a young a young girl who has had quite a lot of trauma in her life herself she um was well she she lacked confidence for various reasons and then was part of a polar expedition with a scottish charity and then was in the Manchester Ariana Grande bombing and had a lot of okay. trauma there. Yeah. But she's okay. passionate about polar regions and she's um, 20 now. So she's going to be coming with me along with a few other people. So yes, that's the plan. Yeah. And I noticed that you refer to that you're the modern day alchemist. And that links into, is it, is it from what I read on your website, turning opportunities into gold? Am I, am I kind of getting that right? Or turning challenges into into opportunities, I think, really. So turning the kind of, the, the stuff that initially looks dirty and muddy and the kind of stuff we don't really want in our life, but usually it brings something really quite incredible with it to learn from. I suppose, you know, the almost like a post-traumatic growth idea, right. but yeah. sometimes it's easy to let the, the layers of life's difficulties, you know, get us down and hide the shiny bit that we've all got inside. So I kind of believe that if we can, if when the, difficult stuff happens and everyone knows about that right now like so many people are struggling with the last year's events and yeah. I always ask the questions what can I learn from this 
how might this be useful in the future and or how might I be able to use it to help other people and I think those three questions usually help me find some sort of nugget amongst the you know amongst the dirt <laughs> to pick up and and go forward with so yeah I think I think somehow my own life experiences of you know I don't know I just seem to look for what what can we learn from this and how can we use it and I find that a really helpful way to get through the challenges of life I don't know if you find I'm sure you find similar things think you're in a similar arena of of thinking <laughs> mindset yeah and I know you know when I, when I was listening to you speaking um, a good number of years back well, what I really liked is you talked about the fact that you can create your own story and that that was something that really resonated with me personally um, and I just found that, that fascinating because I'm a massive believer that you know you can create your own future and then step into it you have to create it in the mind first before you step into it. So um, I just found that fascinating when you were talking. So on, on... I absolutely agree. And I know, I know the only way I won the gold medal was by doing that. I just imagined it. I bought gold shoes. I had a gold laptop cover, just kind of filled my life with gold in this imaginary possibility that, you know, it's never about going into something all guns blazing, fully confident. But if you can believe it's a possibility and then create that in your mind, then... Yeah, it's surprising what can happen. No, absolutely. So, I mean, when when we look at all of your achievements, because I know, you know, I, I was looking for your website and, you know, what you've talked about previously and I've read your book and some of the adventures that you've been on, some of the things that you've achieved, the, the type of mindset to go from, obviously, what was a terrible injury to what you've been able to achieve in life, what, what type of mindset does that take? And... How did you get there? Have you always had that mindset because you've had this kind of adventurous gene? I think having this adventurous gene's probably helped because I think I sometimes I've talked about an adventure mindset because you go into any situation seeing it as an opportunity to discover something. I think that's what going on an adventure is really about. You never know what's going to happen. It's always unexpected. You've got to be ready to kind of change direction at any moment or change plans and really, that's what life is. So I think that kind of way of thinking has somehow been developed into me at a young age. And I think that's helped me. But ultimately, I think the mindset is, well, what, what's the choice here? We've got this life. Who knows? We might have other lives. But for now, we've got this one. And we can, we can, we can go through it being the victim, feeling poor me, being depressed and down and having a miserable time. Or we can do something different with it. And I suppose I just thought, look, I want to, I want to make sure that I have a good, a good time here. I don't want to be going, sitting around being miserable. And, you know, people, friends and people clearly, you know, everyone is kind and patient, but in the long run, in the long run, no one wants to hang out with someone who's just a constant misery guts and saying, poor me. So, you know, it doesn't really create a very happy or positive life. Um, so I think it's, for me, it's a simple choice of, what do I want from this life? And then setting about to create the right mindset to, to find that. And it's not, clearly it's not always straightforward. We're humans, so we hit barriers and days when you do feel down or struggle. But I think as long as you, I, I just find that as long as I look at those moments as temporary, it's like the weather, it always changes. And I think probably when I was first paralyzed, I used probably resisted feeling some of the emotions or Maybe sometimes we try to push things down because they're too difficult to deal with. But 
you know, I really believe, well, there's that saying about happiness that the, the, the route to happiness is, is being willing to be unhappy. So I think it's, I think it's really important to feel what we need to feel, but not get attached to it and wrapped up in the drama of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, the, the solar, yeah, it's... Have a good cry when you need to, or a, a bit of a moan to yourself, or maybe to one person occasionally if you need to, but... Definitely, yeah. And then, I, I so agree. And I, I quite, I have a saying I quite often use, it's like, okay, I've, I've been miserable enough about that for now. So come on, woman up and get on with it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's a little bit like, isn't it? Is that the destination, a lot of the time you enjoy the journey more than actually getting to the destination. Although that's what we shoot for. And it, it, it is a brilliant feeling sometimes when you win something, but actually the journey of getting there, you know, when you look back, I, you know, in my life personally, the journey has actually been, far greater experience than maybe what I've achieved at the end of it. Um, so from that mindset, what, what practical tips would you give others to develop their mindset? Well, I agree that the journey is way more important than the destination. And, but you, you said, you know, we, 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 we enjoy the journey, not necessarily the destination, but I don't think everybody does enjoy the, enjoy the journey. So I think, you know, I realized in a training session last year that, I was really, whenever I looked at what my numbers were, as in like the power I was producing, there's constantly a gap. There's nearly always a gap between what you want and what's happening. And if you focus on the gap, this is, go, stay with me, this is a good analogy, I think. <laughs> if, you, if you're always focusing on, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not there yet, I'm never, you know, and then messages like, I'm, I'm, it's never gonna happen, I'm, I'm not strong enough, they, they kind of kick in then you're kind of driving this negative narrative in your head. So I find it really helpful, for example, when I'm training and I've got a target to just imagine it. And as I'm putting in the effort, instead of constantly looking and noticing that I'm falling short of it and, and then getting into this negative spiral is to go, okay, I'm just imagining it. I'm just imagining being in the middle of a podium or I'm imagining feeling really strong and powerful and imagine kind of flying up over that mountain right now or something that works for my mindset. And I think it's that, you know, that's what we need to do in life is if not to focus, you know, we, we get what we focus on really and we need to focus more on what, what's possible and what we want to create rather than on the shortfall that we can constantly notice if we're focused on that. Yeah. And I think if we keep putting our mind there, it can really, really help us bring that into reality. Yeah, it's a, totally. I mean, for me, that's the negative self-talk and the positive self-talk. But sometimes it's the difference between when you're talking to yourself as to what you can do and what you can't do. And I think sometimes you know what you can really achieve if you put your mind to it. But a lot of people take the easy way out sometimes. And obviously you don't for what you've achieved, but there we go. So who would well, just... I also think that the, the negative thinking is important. Like I don't believe in just blind positive thinking because the negative stuff is an indicator of what's happening in our subconscious mind. It's an indicator of our fears and our worries and our, you know, the things that might be blocking us or limiting us. So what I quite like to do sometimes is not, so not to get wrapped up in the story of the negative, but to look at it and go, oh, well, that's interesting. What's that telling me? What's the pattern here? Is there anything I can do about it? Is there something practical I can do to address that and make me feel more confident or to get more skills or, yeah. So sometimes I find it really useful to get the negative stuff out on a piece of paper and yeah. then have a look yeah. at what can I do about it? No, that's, that's, that's really good advice because 
you know, I kind of look at it and go, that is, it's, it's an indicator of what's going on in your mind. So being able to put it on paper and then that gives you an opportunity to deal with it. So, so through all of, all of, you know, obviously your experience from when you were young to where you are now, and who are the people who've actually helped you through to, to get to where you are today? Have there, have there, been, have there been any big inspirational helpers in, in, in your life? And what have you learned from them? Oh my goodness, that's a big question. I mean, there's obviously always been people helping and from friends to family to, but there's, there's no, never been one constant person. Like I've, I've not been kind of in a relationship for 30 years or any kind of one person that's been there all the way through for me. I think it's been different characters along the way that have come and gone. Like um, I'm very lucky with my, with my parents because they, they never ask anything of me. They never put anything on me that they've always like really encouraged me and my brother to, to live very freely. And they have their fears, especially my dad, he'll kind of come in with, Oh, I don't know about that. You shouldn't do that, etc. But in, in essence, you know, they've, they've really been quite supportive of just standing by and encouraging and really being there without limitation or, or, or expectation of any sort. So that's been pretty special. Yeah. There's a couple of people in my life that have are not here anymore who've been very influential. Yeah. I'm a very close friend who died in a in a climbing accident just three months oh, after God. my climbing accident, and I somehow kind of feel he's there, being supportive sometimes, especially when I'm doing sporting things because he was wow. very sporty himself. And a great aunt of mine who I've named the mountain after just outside my house in Mallorca, and so. Sometimes when I'm training here, I just imagine she wasn't a sporty woman at all, but I just imagine her being really supportive and kind of watching. And <laughs> yeah, somehow I kind of use these, yeah. these people that have gone uh, that I feel them and that kind of gives me strength sometimes. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, my dad passed away out many years back. I mean, we read the match for years and his best friend. And sometimes when I'm doing things, yeah, I kind of feel like he's there, you know, that's mm -hmm. the... I don't know, it, it gives you that, gives you a little bit of something extra that you can't really explain. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, that's, that's all, all been brilliant in, in tapping into, into your mindset. Um, obviously, there's been some fun along the way. Is, is there any kind of, because what I, what I tend to ask at the end of, of the podcast is, is there any fun story that you've got that maybe stands out that you'd share with the listeners <laughs> fun story um oh i mean there's loads of little anecdotes of just you know living life in a in a wheelchair where the world's not designed for it the kind of scenarios that you get yourself into and some of the situations are really quite quite ridiculous but some of them might be too personal to share but you've got to giggle um I mean, one of the one of the stories that stands out for me, and I just it, I I just read it out uh, in a book I wrote the other day, and it struck me when I read it again about how the number seven seven and seven in that seventy nine appeared in it again, and it was it was a story in the London Paralympic Games where I won a silver medal in the time trial and then in the road race, never ever ever expected to be in with a chance of a medal because I'm I'm in that I'm lumped together with women with kind of lesser disabilities so never really thought I stood a chance and then I was also racing racing basically against my teammate for a medal she's got stomach muscles and I don't or she we're not she doesn't race anymore with us but 
Um, we found ourselves racing for the bronze medal. And we never expected that either of us would have a chance of winning it. And we decided at the last minute to grab each other's hands and cross the finish line together and try and share it, which caused total havoc. Um, <laughs> it's not what you're supposed to do at Paralympic Games. Apparently the organizers didn't know what to do. And there was only one medal. Our digital times were identical. So they looked at the photo finished and in the end decided that Rachel's wheel was like, I don't know, a millimeter or two ahead of mine and gave her the medal, but invited me on the podium to share it. So it was this kind of really incredible <laughs> moment and really special and kind of crazy. And there was all hoo-ha in the press about it and all kinds of people with opinions about it. And the team psychologist followed me around for like the day afterwards, thinking I was going to have some kind of breakdown that I'd not got the medal. And <laughs> all the men in my family were really angry. Like that was your medal. You should, why did you give it away? And all the women were crying going, that's amazing. It was so beautiful. And wow. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those really, yeah, pretty special and crazy stories. But for me, I know that there's lots of, lots of things behind it, but I, I, ultimately it comes down to me being comfortable with it with my values and I think sometimes it's 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 easy to be pressurized by the world around us to go against what is most important to us and um it was one of those spur of the moment things that I felt was right and I'll never regret it for that reason it, it was entirely what was right in the moment and with the history and everything that was behind it so yeah, no, absolutely the right thing to do. So it's just quite hilarious the, you know, fray of behaviour that's happened after it. I quite like being a rule breaker sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a business around what you do and around mindset type stuff. Yeah, I um I have my own my own business really. It's kind of low-key because I also spend a lot of time training still obviously yeah. but I do coaching work and I've been running some train your brain courses um online yeah, programs for groups yeah. over the last year for people just to get some techniques and ideas on how to improve their mindset and strategies that I've found have been really useful on all kinds of topics from motivation procrastination yeah creating more possibility for, for your life and ways of thinking and reframing things so I really enjoy it. It's, um, yeah, it's not a big business, but I, I, I love the opportunity to work with people and support them and hope that some of the things that I've learned through my process of life can be valuable to other people. Super, super. And the last piece of advice you'd give to the listeners then would be? <laughs> the last piece of advice. And not last piece of advice in your life, just in this podcast. <laughs> you know what? I would, the thing I noticed most in the people that I coach is always to say, be nicer to yourself, a bit more self-love, a bit more self-kindness, a bit more self-compassion. Yeah. I think most people are beating themselves up about things in ways that aren't helpful, which they would never tell themselves the kinds of messages that they do to their best friend or people that they love. So have a quick look at the kind of messages that are going, going on inside your own head to yourself and change them to something more positive so that you can be kind and nice to yourself. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that could make a big difference to make people happier in the world, a better place. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, that's, that's brilliant advice. Absolutely. Brilliant advice. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to close off there and that was um, really insightful. So, so many thanks, many thanks for letting me have your time because I know how busy you are. Um, 
yeah, and, and that's it. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Paul. No, pleasure. Good to see you again. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for everyone listening. Thank you. Through my own life journey and experiences, I've been fascinated to travel that inner journey to find what I call inner gold. When the challenges of life present themselves to us, it's incredible how if we just change our perceptions of the landscape around us, how we can change our internal experience of it. We need to become aware of what we're thinking and feeling, but also some strategies to help us. And I really hope that my journey, my study and my lifetime of experience can help you and others perhaps get through some of the struggles and challenges of life and transcend them, overcome them and venture into new territory full of limitless possibility. I'm constantly amazed at what we can achieve when we get our mind aligned with our heart and our actions. And I love to say that ability is a state of mind, not a state of body. So it's been brilliant to have Karen on today's episode and I hope you've enjoyed it. You know, we can clearly see the mindset equation in play from Karen's aspirations, you know, her belief in what's possible, her drive and motivation to win gold and complete the adventures that she's been on. The resilience goes without saying and the learning agility as well. So I'm going to leave you with what Karen said a little bit earlier. And Karen said that, you know, whatever experience she has, she always thinks, what can I learn from this? How can I use it? And how can I help other people?